Chapter 19, Storygoy Cemetery. Do you think he's dead? Simon shook his head emphatically. No. I don't know. When I threw that holy water on him, he looked like he was all shriveled. And look, Tim gestured all around him. I mean, it's already lighter. I mean, before it was dark all over. Even dark during the day. Surely that means that Dracula's been defeated. No. Simon held up his bag. Until these parts are reassembled, until I confront Dracula again, in the flesh, and once more defeat him, and this time burn his body and thus send him back to the dimension of monsters from which he has from, my beloved Castlevania will not be free of the dreaded curse of Dracula. Well, you seem pretty sure about it, don't you? Tim shrugged. I've come this far. I guess I can go the distance. There's a good lad, Simon Belmont was smiling. After all they'd been through, there was actually a grin on his face. You seem happy, Simon. No, not happy, Timothy Bradley. I shall never be happy until Dracula has been banished from this land and Linda Entwistle is again by my side. Simon shook his head and clamped a brotherly hand on his assistant's shoulder. It is you that I am happy with, my friend. You have renewed my faith not only in fortune, but in the human spirit. Tim could think of nothing smart to say to this. Actually, to tell the truth, he was moved more than he could say. He looked up at Simon. I have a confession to make, Simon. Oh? Some little mistake of your youth? I am not that strong-willed person that you think I am. I never said you were strong-willed, Timothy Bradley. Merely a good person. Well, my weakness also betrayed us both. He told about his experience with Dracula in the alley. Simon listened carefully and patiently, and then he nodded. I suspected as much. You did? Why? I didn't see you sneaking any of that chocolate candy of yours. I figured that you must have lost it somehow. I assumed that Dracula would tempt you. But why didn't you say something? There are certain matters, Timothy Bradley, that an individual can only take care of himself. However, be assured that if I ever had thought that you would not have been able to deal with the temptations of Dracula, I would have come to your support immediately and with all of my available powers. Simon put a reassuring hand on his friend's shoulder. You must realize by now that none of us can make it through this life alone, Timothy Bradley. We all need each other's help. Oh yeah? said Tim, grinning. What about my video games? I do all those on my own. Ah, but did I not see a few How to Score More Points videotapes on your shelf? Tim blushed. Well, um... As a great poet once said, No man is an island, said Simon with a wry expression. Well, if that's the truth, Simon, then you must be a whole continent. Simon laughed good-naturedly. And you a whole world unto yourself, Timothy Bradley, and a very warped, twisted, and fun world at that. Thanks, I'll take that as a compliment. A little embarrassed, he looked around him, only realizing now exactly where they had come. It's a cemetery, Tim exclaimed. But not just any cemetery, Simon assured him. It's Storygoy's Cemetery. Storygoy's Cemetery, said Tim. But what does that mean? Look about you, Timothy Bradley, and you shall surely see. So Tim looked. At first glance, it looked much like an old-fashioned cemetery. Tim shivered. It was all like a scene out of that movie Beetlejuice, only far more real and far scarier. He had not only run out of silly jokes and puns, he didn't feel like using them anyway. This neither seemed the time nor the place. What are you talking about, Tim asked, more than a little baffled. Look closer, said Simon. Look at one of the graves. Tim shrugged and peered closer at one of the closest graves. Here lie the moldering remains of Jacob Varley, 
it said. So, I don't see anything spe- Suddenly, hands sprouted from the sides of the gravestone and grabbed Tim Bradley by the shirt. A mouth formed in the gravestone. The hands pulled Tim closer. Yikes! Simon said, Don't worry, Tim. It won't harm you. The gravestone said, Hey, kid. Boy, do I have a story to tell you. You want to hear how I died, or shall I start from the beginning? The mouth flapped a large red tongue as it talked. Okay, I was born in the year of the plum pudding on Nardo Street. That's right, to the left of the park, you know? So then, Tim pulled himself away from the clutching hands. Hey, wait, said the grave. I haven't finished my story. And boy, is it a good one. Just give me a couple of minutes of your time. I swear you won't be sorry. It's an absolute super tale. Um, maybe later, Tim looked at Simon. I suppose you're about ready to tell me that every stone tells a story. Simon nodded. Gravely. They both laughed. Hey, called the nearest gravestone, leaning forward insistently. Don't you listen to Jacob. All he did all his life was work in a shop. Me? I was an adventurer. I was also in the army. Boy, do I have some great stories to tell. Actually, said Simon Belmont, what we need is some help. Some directions. We've got Dracula's body parts here, but I've got to take them someplace special to assemble them and fight Dracula in person so that I can remove Castlevania's curse, to say nothing of my own. Ah, said another bigger graverstone with a bigger mouth. These guys are really boring. Listen to my story, and then we'll tell you what you're going to have to do. I'm afraid we don't really have time, said Tim. We've got until sundown tonight to do this, and although it's still kind of cloudy up there, it's well past noon. Pah! Plenty of time, said the Jacob Grave. And maybe I did have a boring life, but I'll tell you, the people who came into my shop brought me some wonderful stories, like the sailor who had taken a trip with none other than Pig Nose the Pirate. Now that's a story. No, really, insisted Simon. We do need to get out of here and on our way. No, you don't. Listen to my story. No, uh, listen to my story. I've got tales that beat the band. The clamor in the cemetery was so noisy that Tim had to put his hands over his ears. Oh dear, said Simon Belmont. It looks as though I'm going to have to use the secret weapon here. He held up the garlic necklace. Immediately there was science. Ugh, P.U. garlic. Put it away. Get that junk out of here. Simon waved the garlic, blowing the fumes out towards the assembled gravestones. I will, but only if you cooperate with us. Okay, put those stink balls away. We'll tell you what you need to know. Just get rid of the stuff. Simon slipped the garlic back under his cloak. Okay then, gravestones. What do you have to say for yourselves? The gravestones of Story Goy Cemetery told them to take the top path through the woods. Tim and Simon did so. The gravestones told them that this top path would take them to the town of Andal. Sure enough, the path did. The talking gravestones told them to buy a morning star in Andal. Tim had thought that they meant to actually purchase a planetary object. Simon explained patiently that a morning star was a weapon, a heavy stick with a barbed ball at the end. Sure enough, they found a member of the resistance movement against Dracula who supplied them with the needed weapon. The final part of the mission was not as easy to understand. Tell me again, said Tim. I'm not sure I heard those weird gravestones right. Oh, you heard them correctly, said Simon. Next, we have to catch a ride on a tornado, Tim sighed. I was afraid that's what they said. And they headed away from the town of Andol toward the final appointment with Dracula.